You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Gate 7 International. I am your host, Adi, and as you all have been waiting for, we do have a very, very special guest joining us today. Uh, before I pull him in here, just a couple of quick announcements before we really get into this pre-match. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out the Olympiacos DC Discord yet, go ahead and do so. They do have a game later today. You can interact with the players, uh, watch the game, and talk to other fans. And a quick shout out to our sponsor, Piraeus International. Uh, thank you, Piraeus International. Uh, they are your one-stop shop for all your international transshipping needs. Whether you're shipping olive oil, packages, cars, or relocating completely, please give our friends a call if you require any of those services at 410-675-4696 or email sales at piraeusintl.com. Uh, two quick birthday shout-outs. Actually, three quick birthday shout-outs. Our co-host, Peter Thompson. It is his birthday. It was his birthday yesterday, actually. It is a one coach of the Greek national team, Fernando, or ex-coach of the Greek national team, Fernando Santos's birthday. And if I'm not mistaken, the our special guest today has a birthday coming up. I would like to introduce Olympiakos legend, former guest of the pod, just legend in general at his position, Per Zetterberg. Mr. Per, how are you doing today? I'm fine. I'm very fine. Nearly, nearly one year older than last time. <laughs> I was correct, right? You do have yeah. a birthday coming up, right? Yeah, the 14th. On the 14th. Well, yeah. happy early birthday to you. And uh, I hope it is a magical birthday. I hope it's going to be relaxing and you get to spend it with family and your loved ones as well. Yeah, especially now when the pandemic in Sweden is a little bit calmer. So uh, we have a little bit more freedom. There you go. So hopefully you'll be able to enjoy it a little bit more uh, appropriately, we'll say, this time. I hope so. I hope so. Well, let's get into it. Everyone's waiting to hear your thoughts and your takes uh, on the upcoming match. This match is really a, for Greece especially, this is like a cup final. Uh, yeah. We have to win to stay alive. And in a manner of speaking, Sweden also needs to win to, to secure their, their berth into the next round of qualification. As it stands... Uh, going into this game, Spain is sitting at the top with 13 points. Sweden has 12. Greece has nine. And then Kosovo and Georgia, four and one, and they're mathematically eliminated. Yeah. Um, so Spain has played one more game than Greece yeah. and Sweden. So this next game is huge. If Sweden wins, then you guys are basically guaranteed to at least a playoff a, a playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, and Greece needs to win in order to stay in the conversation. So my first question for you was, um, regarding the first match that Greece played against Sweden, I wanted your thoughts about that before we go ahead into this game. How did you think about that first meeting? Uh, first game, I, I think that in Sweden in general, because they just played a very good game against Spain, where they beat Spain in Sweden, they played very well, one of the better 
best games I've seen for a long time for the Swedish national team. So the expectation of the team was enormous against Greece because they was looking a little bit on, on Greece that there's there's nothing special. There's a lot of problems in the, in the federations and a little bit everywhere in Greece uh, in, in in sport. So they were taking maybe the game a little bit simpler than I should. Uh, and if I remember right, they started well, okay. Not bad. I, they were dominating the game the first 10, 10 15 minutes. Uh, but then Greece, you felt that as long as they were holding the zero behind, they get more and more confidence. And they were coming closer and closer into the game. And then you saw that the Swedish team uh, fell out of the normal game without any pressure. Uh, they let it rather easy for the Greek ones. And we had it difficult. Uh, I think that Greece did a good game. Sweden was very criticized about their game. Uh, here in Sweden, and uh, but you know, for me, knowing how difficult it is to go to Waka and, and play normally for against foreign teams who comes over there, uh, I know how difficult it could be. And now it was even without any supporters, really, because there was not many people in the stadium. No, so, yeah, you're right. Uh, so uh, for the Swedish national team, they were very disappointed of it. Uh, but that makes the group more more open. It does. Um, and uh, if Sweden wins it, because Sweden still have to play Greece now at home, uh, uh, at home, it's the last home game that they have. Because then they have to go to Georgia and then they have to go to Spain. The last game is against Spain. So they really need a victory this time against Greece. Uh, and I think it's going to be more difficult than many of the people in Sweden expect. Kulisevsky is also suspended in this game. The player from Juventus. Yep. Oh, I was going to ask about him later. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize so, that he was suspended for this match. Yeah, I got the yellow card yesterday. So he's a suspended for that game. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lindelöf, he didn't play yesterday because they should have a baby. And they got the baby yesterday. So he was on training today. So he's going to play against Greece because he didn't play against Kosovo. Well, congratulations to him. It's a lovely thing to have a child. I, I can say that personally now. Yeah. Um, you brought up a really good point, actually, about the future opponents that Sweden has. Um, Sweden still has to play Georgia and Spain away. Yeah. And Greece, of course, after playing against Sweden, we host Spain in Greece. And then we have to go play. And then we play Kosovo. So it's not like the the matches get much easier. You know, you're yeah. going away to Spain, which you played. Sweden played against Spain very well the first time around. Yeah. Um, and I believe you will play equally as tough the second time around. Greece didn't make quite as many chances against Spain when we played them the first time around. We got quite fortunate with the penalty. And uh, in a way you can also say that Greece got pretty fortunate as well against Sweden in the first match we played against, because by all of the match, the match stats that were posted, Sweden had more opportunities, better opportunities as well. They were yeah. just unlucky not to score some of them, some good goalkeeping, maybe some good defensive work. But I think if we replay that first game, probably 10 times, I don't, I'm not surprised if Sweden wins six out of 10 times. Yeah, that, that I believe also. But I think that's a little bit to do with the fact that you did a, such a good performance against Spain a couple of days earlier. And you thought that uh, 
Spain and Greece is a big difference between the, the quality of the two teams. Spain is normally a better side than Sweden and than Greece. So if you can beat Spain uh, deservedly, because they should have won with more goals against Spain and Sweden, uh, then we must be a very good team. And if you lack a little bit of the concentration when you play against a team that you maybe normally have a good chance against, they can get beat because they are all good teams. Even Kosovo, don't expect it's going to be an easy game for Greece in Kosovo because Kosovo is not a bad side. Uh, yeah. They had some chances yesterday or yesterday against Sweden, so it's not a bad side. No, and uh, Greece doesn't beat them. We've played them now. This will be the fourth time, and we've only beaten them once. Yeah. So we know exactly how tough they are. Now we have a a, a question here from Costa. Um, unable to join us today. And he asked, as a footballer, uh, is it harder when two results suit you in a match? Sweden don't have to win. Greece has to win. Only one result will do for us. How much of a factor is this from a mental point of view? Uh, you always have to go into a game of winning it, even if you know that uh, a draw is enough. Because if you say that, yeah, a draw is enough, we don't have to go for it then for sure you're going to lose the game because then you're not 100% ready in mentally uh, in your in your head. Uh, if you go into it by winning and trying to attack as much as possible, even if knowing that the other team score one goal, you would know at least, that, okay, if I score one goal, it's a draw, we are qualified. So then you continue in the fact that the way that you started is very difficult to change the mental fitness of a player by saying to him in the beginning, take it slow in the beginning because a draw is enough. And then suddenly when you're losing one or two zero and say, okay, now we have to push harder. It's very difficult. So you always have to start with 100, 110%. Go for the game. Even if the opponent is much better than you, but you have to go for the game. And uh, sometimes you lose it. Sometimes you win it. But uh, you can't change the mental fitness of a player during a game. It's very difficult. That's very important insight, especially from somebody that played at the highest level. So thank mm -hmm. you for that insight. And then Costa is also waiting to have those beers with you at Karaskaiki when you're in Greece again. Yeah. Uh, so would you, we, we kind of brought up in a way that the result could be viewed as unfair to Sweden. Now you did say that in Sweden, there was a lot of criticism because of that yeah. match. Was yeah. the criticism because they didn't think the, the tactics were correct or the players didn't do well enough or that the result was unfair? That uh, the performance was bad. Oh, it was okay. more the performance in, in general. Uh, Swedish people, you know, that you lose games, it will always happen and they will not say too much, but the expectation after the game, because you played against Spain and you played so good against Spain, so the expectation of the team was so high and then you perform in a bad way. It should have been better that you play the first game against Greece and you lose it and then you finish the second game against Spain because then the expectation should not have been so high. So that's the fact when you, when, when you have a good performance that doing the same performance Again, a couple of days later, it's very difficult. And that's only the best teams in the world who really can manage it. Right. And, you know, it's funny because Greece had a similar issue. After we got our draw against Spain, we then come back to draw Georgia. And it was a very unfortunate, you know, result for us uh, mm. because there were high expectations after that. Now, going yeah. into this game, 
for us, Sweden is much more of a Titan. We view, we are viewing Sweden as a better team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the, the thing that this national team does with Greece is they actually tend to play more to the level of the competition. We don't seem to play well against teams that we expect to win, but mm-hmm. teams where we don't expect to win, we seem to play, we seem to play up to, uh, up to a better standard. Now, mm-hmm. Do you think Sweden is going to make any ad- adjustments? We know that they come in primarily with the four-four-two, um, and the you know with uh, Alexander Isak, very skillful, very scary striker mm-hmm. for us at least, uh, is going to be starting up top at the point. Um, do you think there's going to be any adjustments? Greece seemed to do pretty well, aside from I think it was like a first half, 37th minute opportunity from Isak. We did pretty well kind of keeping him in check. Uh, do you think there's going to be any adjustments to the formation or those tactics based on what was seen in the first round? No, I, I can really say that the, the team's going to be the same team who played now against Kosovo, except that Lindelöf comes in uh, in, in the central back position of Nilsson who was playing there. Uh, and then in the front, uh, the same midfield is going to play. I'm 100% sure of it. Uh, and then the attack, Kulusevski, is suspended. So there, uh, Kwaison is coming in, the guy who scored a 3-0 goal yesterday. Uh, I'm 100% sure of it. It's going to be like that because... Sweden doesn't rotate to change players only for changing. They have a system that works. They have the players that they trust. And uh, those they, are they going to play with. As long as they're giving performances. And the national team has been giving performance, a good performance the last, uh, uh, last year. So uh, it's often the same team, especially when it is a competition game. Now, let me ask you, because we saw, I'm glad you brought up Clayson, because in that mm. first game, we saw Sweden was attacking when he was playing on the right side, especially mm. a lot of attacks coming down that right hand side. And then he eventually switched sides uh, and Kulusevski was playing on the right. And mm. there were a lot of attacks also going uh, down up on the left side. So are we going to expect that same volume, you know, a lot of attacks going on his side of the field? Or do you think that we might see some more adjustment in on the on the gameplay on field? I'm, I'm sure that Kwaisen is going to play as a striker with Isak. And they're going to play with uh, Fosby and Clausen on the side. Oh, is and, it Clausen? Am I pronouncing that wrong? Uh, the, the winger? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I apologize. I meant Clausen, not yeah. Not Quason, I apologize. Yeah, Clausen. Uh, he, he's going to play on the right side and Fosby on the left side. Fosper has a little bit more free role, like like a number 10 uh, starting from the left a little bit and go right. much in, inside in the middle. He's, he's the playmaker, really, if you say like that, for the Swedish team, who, who can make it a little bit different. So uh, that's uh, a player that Greece has, has to watch out because he has been playing very well for, for a long time now. Uh, and performs all, all always very good. And yesterday he scored a penalty, the first goal. He scored on a penalty, and it's always important for them. And uh, so the, the Swedish team is not; uh, they don't attack in a certain way because they can attack in many different ways. Because the two players that are playing in central midfield, Ekdal and uh, Christoph Olsson, is not really a playmaker. There, from those two guys, the danger is never going to come from. 
the danger always will come from long ball from behind, maybe up to Isak or Kwaison and normally Kulusevski, or from Fospay and Klaasson on the side. Those four guys are the danger. Uh, if you can handle those guys, then you're all right. So, um, the, you, you, we don't have a team like, like if you say, like Belgium or like uh, France or anything like that, that you have six, seven players who can make the difference. We don't have it. Even that we have started to come many young ones who are very talented in Sweden. Um, so, they're coming slowly. Well, the... You can maybe it's it's not as multi-dimensional as a Belgium, but we can say that even if it's more straightforward, so to speak, that it's it's still effective. And uh, Sweden does a very good job, a very consistent job of yeah. feeding those players the ball, getting yeah. quality opportunities, and getting consistent results. Because and this is something that we have discussed about. I'm actually writing a blog about it about our post match, which will go out probably tomorrow. And one of the major differences that we see between Sweden and Greece is that Sweden is making in every match, not just in the matches where it matters, in every match, more quality opportunities. And it's seeing, and there's a reason why Sweden is sitting, you know, one point off of Spain in the group. It's because they're competing with Spain's. You guys have as many good opportunities as Spain does statistically. So it, it makes sense to me. Now, my question to you kind of going back to Isak. Uh Isak again is a is a player that Greek media has pointed out as a danger man. It's somebody we were clearly focused on before. What do you think Sweden is going to do to free him up more this time? Um to prevent him from being double marked by the center backs or double just double marked in general. What what's going to be done? Will be he will he be allowed to roam a little bit more, get the ball and hold up? What's good are they going to change or are they just going to go because it's it technically worked last game you just didn't score but you had more opportunities what do you think they'll change in that case if they're going to change yesterday you know Isak was going a little bit to the left and get the balls from the left side to go inside to shoot with his right foot it's like that he scored his goal yesterday that it's very difficult for a man marking side if you say like a stopper or somebody who follow a strike and he goes a little bit to the side to ask the ball Normally, the stopper doesn't go with him. And then you have a free space. And a talented player like Isak, if he gets the ball just outside the, the, the penalty box on, on, on his good foot, yeah, then, then it can be dangerous. It can be very dangerous. Especially in the form that he is now. I think it's something like that that they're going to try to use. It's more, it's more I think it's more that he's going to go to the left side than to the right side. Because on the right side, then he has to shoot with his left foot, and that's a difference. So I think he's going to do like the same thing like yesterday. He goes a little bit to the left side, get the ball, try to shoot outside the box. Now, do you think the fact that this is a must-win game for Greece, mm-hmm. the implication is that we have to open up a little bit? Because we have to win. We can't just sit back and let Sweden dictate the game and hope for a lucky counter. Our qualification campaign is on the line here. So do you think that Sweden is going to be a little bit more likely to maybe sit back and play more defensively? Or are they going to treat this like the last game and just kind of come out and be the more dominant team in possession? They will try to dominate the game. They will go because... uh... 
yesterday the stadium was full. I think it was fifty thousand people or something. I think that the game's going to be the same. I think against Greece, so they will not accept if the if Sweden's national team will sit back. But you know, you say that Greece has to come out, and I think that if Greece goes out and really goes on them, they're going to concede the goals. They they're going to concede yeah. goals. That that's for sure. So if if I were Greece, I will sit back and hope for getting that opportunity on a free kick corner, um, set piece, uh, or making one good counter. Because if they will open up, then you're going to have problems. Well, because and that's the that, concern. Yeah, but that's that's something that you have to do. You did it like that a little bit in Athens against Sweden. Yes. You 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 were closing the space behind, and that I didn't get an easy opportunity they always have to fight to get in a good opportunity or good shooting distance if you give them the space to do it yeah they they, they will pose problems against you i i think so no i mean we i we know that there's a, a sarcastic comment here from uh, a huge fan of yours uh fetanos um uh, doesn't matter what isaac does he'll be facing the lockdown defense from big stuffy levies uh, so we are losing uh, Tzavelas, Jorgos uh, Tzavelas, who was uh, who played against Sweden. He got a yellow card also yesterday, mm-hmm. and he will okay. be missing this game. And we will be having to use Stafilidis, who hasn't played for the national team for over a year. He's hasn't played much first-team football either. So a lot of people are scared because he's been used in a lot of the schemes in training. And uh, we're worried. So that we're definitely, if we play open, we will definitely be, let's say, um, susceptible to some attacks. So that's what we're we're very, very, very concerned about. Uh, now, I had a question for you about Sweden's press. So uh, in the first game, I was kind of surprised that, uh, I'm not going to say Sweden didn't press us because there were intervals in the game where we did get pressed uh, quite quite highly and quite frequently. But all in all, Sweden seemed very comfortable uh, keeping shape in the midfield especially and, and letting Greece come, come into the midfield with the ball without too much. Uh, I'll, I'll say this for most of the game because it definitely wasn't the case for certain aspects of it. But for a large part of the game, it was keeping shape, keeping composure, and letting Greece come to them. Is that by design? Does Sweden, by design, not press very highly? No, normally, if you if you have the middle circle, you know, the middle circle of the middle mm-hmm. of the pitch, uh, where the middle circle ends on, on your half, normally the, the two strikers from Sweden are standing approximately there. So the press starts from there. Yes. If you get close to the circle, the press starts. And it's always the strikers who start the press. So that pressure on one way, and then the other team follow. And you know, as a four-four-two, yeah, you get a lot of people in a short space. If you have qualities to change it and change to the other side, yeah, then you're going to find space. Otherwise, it's going to be tough because most of the Swedish guys they can run for more than ninety minutes. They, they, <laughs> yeah. they can run, <laughs> so they're not. They're not. Uh, they're not players who have no condition because they will run. Yeah, we definitely saw that not only in the Euro Cup, but in the game against Greece. Right after we scored those two goals and the Greek players looked a little tired, one comes right back. And it definitely, I thought maybe Sweden was getting another one. The, that was at that point when the press for Sweden was the highest 
which was insane to me because that's when you're getting more tired and the legs are tired. Maybe you don't have the juice to keep running at the players with the ball. But no, the Swedish players did not stop. They kept going. Uh, and but I that's why I was curious about that little that little tidbit from you. Um, now. I'm assuming then I guess it the implication there is there's no need for Sweden to really press in this game. There's no the pressure isn't quite there. They'll probably have the same tempo again. Is that fair to say? That, that I'm, I'm sure that you're going to see another Sweden that you saw in Athens. Uh, oh. they, they they get criticized for the last game against losing against Greece, and they have everything in their hand. So if they should lose against Greece at home, then critics going to be rather high. Really? Because, yeah, because then they can lose the second place because they have to go to Georgia and they have to go to Spain. So that means that you're going to take three points out of nine if they lose against Greece, if you lose against Spain and you win against Georgia. And then you have problems to reach the second place. So I I, I don't see them to sit back and they're going to come out like hungry lions. Uh, and often... Sweden against crucial games like this, they are often they're often ready. It's very rare that they don't perform. And and most of the players that play in the national team that they, they don't play in Sweden, they play all abroad. Yeah. Um uh, so so they're used to the to the pressure and things like that. And uh, so uh, I, I still believe that Sweden is the big favorite in this game. I still believe that Greece have their chance, definitely, definitely their chance. Uh, but I think that Greece has to perform at 110% defensively and uh, taking taking aware of the chances that they're going to get. If they do that, they can get the three points. Otherwise, uh, I, I see it's going to be difficult. Because I think you come, even... you, you come you come to a field, you know, up in Sweden. Yeah. Greece is maybe warmer than than in Sweden. Sweden is going to be quarter to nine is the temperature. Is the, is the time that they're playing? It's in Stockholm, higher up, so it's maybe going to be seven degrees or something, eight degrees. Oh wow! Maybe maybe the roof is on. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it's a big difference for for a Greek player to play in a cold cold uh, time than than for Swedish player. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like it's going to be a little bit chilly, but you know, maybe the fact that Sweden comes out a lot hungrier, maybe that will play better into a more defensive oriented Greece. I can, I guess we can, uh, we can only hope for that. Um, you know, you brought up the, the mentality of the Swedish players. Uh, Costa has another one. Uh, he knows you have the Libyakos mentality, but he was hopefully, he was hoping that the Swedish players maybe would not. But from what it sounds like, I don't think that's the case. I think these Swedish players are going to win. Uh, I, I, I think it, I still believe that every game has an open game. You know, everything yeah. can happen because most of the teams that are playing now in in this competition are much better sides than than we than we think. Because, like I said, Kosovo or Georgia are much better than we think. In my time, at those time. You, you should easily win those games with four, five, or six zero. Otherwise, you get criticized. But in today's football, the difference is not enormous. Every team can defend. Every team can attack. And they always have some quality players, every team. So I believe if, if Sweden doesn't perform 
it's, it, it can be a surprise. It can be an, an upset who can happen. So um, the team who comes out hungriest and put the pressure on the other one and say that, okay, we are there. We, we want to win the game. And if you have a little bit of luck and score the first, yeah, then, then the game's going to change a little bit. So you kind of segued a little, like, pretty perfectly into one of the next uh, questions or I should say segments that we had was, and that was kind of more of the off the field, more of the off the field things. You brought up some sentiment about the Swedish fans and how they look in the team. Uh, how do they feel currently with the Swedish coach? And if, if you lose this game against Greece, or let's say you lose the game against Greece and then there's no, you don't qualify, uh, you know, God willing, uh, or God forbid, I should say, God forbid you don't qualify for the, the next stage. Do you think he gets fired? No, no, he never gets fired. They, they appreciate him uh, from the Federation. The Swedish fans uh, like him. Uh, the Swedish media likes him because he's honest in his declaration. You know, uh, mm -hmm. he, he's doing honest selection. He's straightforward. He says what he believes. If they play a bad game, he will say it. Uh, even if they win and he didn't think that they were playing well, he will say it. So it's not like that, that he's always hiding things like that. Even if you see a bad game, some trainers can say, oh, we play fantastic well. We win 3-0. Yeah, but it was a bad game. No, it was a great game. But he will really say, we play very bad, but we win. That's the only thing I can be happy about. So he's an honest guy. And that works in his favor and also that he has been doing very good results the years that he has been a national trainer. So he has everyone behind him. So that will not be any problem if he lose. See, that's a, a, a much different, because uh, it, it definitely seems like you, your fans will say Sweden in general, they see that he's built something and they trust him, even yeah. if things don't work out. Yeah. It's not that way on the other side. Uh, I can tell you right now, we're. <laughs> it just sounds like typical Greece to you. Is yeah. this is nothing? That's, I'm, I'm, I was used to it, so uh, I know how much uh, you know. For Greek people, uh, as when you've been living there, it's a, it's a culture of life, you know, of of yeah. of, of uh, having it like that because as a. Olympiacos player when you were there, you know, uh, you were a member of a such big family with everyone. Uh, the club was more important than something else in, in Olympiacos supporters' life. So if you were doing well, you were, you were a god. If you were doing bad, you, you, you were not very high in ranking <laughs> at that time. So that's something who is the uh, it's nice to know, especially in my time, because we had a good team and we won. So that was very positive at that right. time. So, uh, but that's that's the the pressure that that the Greek national team train is living by, because he has a people who is 11 million people behind him, and they were European champion 2004, I think it was. Yep. And uh, Greek people, I think, believe still that. They have to go further on in the European Championship and things like that, and the World Championship, and they are sitting and waiting for that. Uh, yeah. So he is under a lot of pressure all the time when he's playing. The uh, so let me ask you because this is actually a great opportunity to get the opinion of somebody that's you know uh, 
from the opposing the opposing team who has had the experience in Greece before. You can tell us if we're being unreasonable or not. This, you have the that neutral position where you can do so. So the uh, do you think that the Swedish fans first of all to segue into this, if the coach hadn't gotten to the Euros, do you think they would be a little bit less patient with him now, or do you yeah. think they would still trust yeah. him? No, they, they should be a little bit more impatient with him. Okay. Uh, so every, every, everything is with the results and things like that. So the the context around John Van Schip, our current coach, mm-hmm. uh, we had a a failed Nations League campaign. Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was by all means it was an easy group, and we didn't perform. We there were a lot of also there were controversies around call ups. And we didn't perform. So he was already put on the hot seat going into this qualifying campaign, even though the goal was always this. So yeah. for us, if he doesn't perform, he, you know, a lot of people see the draw against Kosovo and Georgia uh, was of his own making. You know what I mean? He put himself in that position. Right. And if we don't compete now and we don't make it to the qualifying campaign, he doesn't he, you know, then most of us are ready for him to get moved on yeah. and go to the next project. So as somebody that has been through it in Greece and, and is in what I consider a much more, we'll say rational, much more uh, stable environment for, for football. It, it, do you think that the fans of Greek fans are being unreasonable or is it reasonable for them to be a little bit impatient at this point? I think it's normal to be impatient because you, you want it, you, you were not with the, you know, the, like you were saying, Nation League and things like that. Uh, you haven't performed very well in, in, in the big tournaments. So that the impatient with the Greek people is like that when the result is not following. I can, I can totally understand it. I should be the same in Sweden if we didn't qualify for different things. But we have been lucky to be it. But then on the other side, you have to be reasonable also to say, how is the team that, that are playing right now? If you compare the Greek team today, 16, 17 years later than when we won 2004, is the team better today or is the team better 2004? How has it gone? You know, has it gone forward or has it gone back hill? I think that That's, most people would tell you backwards. <laughs> yeah. And that means that you have a problem in the competition in that case because then you don't get enough quality players. Yeah. If 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 if, if you're honest, you have to be honest to say it. I don't I don't know. I can't say it because I don't follow it on that way. But that you can only see in the quality of the competition and things like that. Do we have enough Greek quality players who who can really play on the high level? There is a yes, or there is a no. Sweden were in a difficult time after the uh, 94, you know, uh, when we were going very well in the World Cup and after that. But then in the beginning of 2000, Sweden has a little bit difficult where the level went down. Now again, it goes up. So often in our countries, it goes up and down. Of course. I don't know exactly how it is in Greece for a moment. But in Sweden, it's, it's getting up because there's young ones who's coming, who's playing, and it gets better and better. You know, I'm actually, I'm glad you brought uh, some of that up because it's a really interesting thought experiment for us to have, you know, thinking about would any of the current players we have get a roster spot on that 2014. Mm -hmm. And 
I, you know, a, a, a team that had Yanakopoulos, uh, Karaguni, Katsurani, Basinas, uh, Basinas, yeah, I mean, great Tsiartas, great players. And I'm thinking to myself, who on the current Greek team could play there? Now, based on a player that has been in great form and a player that Yanakopoulos had very great, uh, very high praise for, a player that he spoke about a lot and that has a, he has also helped, spoken to to help guide him in the right direction is Yorgos Masuras. He's one, I think, based on his work rate and now his clinical ability in the final third, I think maybe is one we could put there. Uh, there's other players that have potential, uh, a young kid like Solis who has potential, and if his career goes in the right trajectory, I think he could be on that list too. But I can't think of many other players that I think would have a place on that year of 2014. That's a really cool thought experiment, and I think that's something that'll be fun for us to do in the future, and I'm so glad you brought that up. Thank you. I think uh, it's, that's the only way to see how the progress is going in the football, if it goes on the right way or not. Um, right. It's easy to be criticized and things like that, but really, what do you have in the competition? How does it look like? Do we have enough quality? Yes or no? Yeah, no, you're, you are absolutely, absolutely right. Uh, well, it's about that time. Uh, in the podcast, we like to do score predictions and hot takes. So, uh, do you have any hot takes for us? Maybe who you think is going to score, who you think is going to do really well, as well as a score prediction. And please be honest, you won't offend any of us. You still are our legend. <laughs> Don't worry. So, go ahead. What do you? What have you got for us? Um, I think a two-zero for Sweden. Two-zero Sweden. Yeah. I think I I believe you. I think that is a very fair scoreline. I uh, well, what about a hot take? Who who's going to get the goals? Who's going to have a, a great performance? Give us Isaac your and like, Isaac and Forsberg is going to score. Isaac and and Forsberg is going to score. I might have to. I might roll with those on a parlay sometime tomorrow. So, so that that's what what I expect. Uh, but uh, now now I'm. I'm going with the heart, you know, it's, it's my course. country. So uh, that's the result that I hope for. And, and I still believe that's a good chance it could be if everything falls out like it should be. But I should not be surprised if it was a draw or if Greece win. If Greece going to win, they're going to win 0-1. Yeah. Uh, but that, that means he- that Greece has to keep the zero. And so far, Greece has not been... That did it against Sweden. Uh, so, you know, keeping the zero is not one of the strengths that Greek national team has. Not right so, now. So, uh, uh, two zero. Two zero. I think that's, like I said, that's fair. My heart is, my heart is telling me that it's going to be uh, a one nothing grind out and we get maybe another lucky penalty. <laughs> but uh, my my head my head is telling me it's going to be a it's at home. I I think it's going to be two one. I honestly believe it's going to be two to one the opposite direction. Um, so I think Sweden is going to end up winning two to one. That's my my if I'm trying to be objective with myself, based yeah. on what I saw last time, based on what we've seen, I think it's going to be two one. Greece doesn't get by this time, and then. Uh, we, of course, pretty much are at 
the losing end of qualification. In my ideal world, I would love to see Spain not qualify and both Sweden and Greece go outside of the group. For, for me, it's okay. For me, it's okay. If, if you want to have it like that, then, you know, we, then I don't know Sweden play Spain, Greeks play Spain, but Spain, they only play against those two, Spain, because they have one more game. So that means yeah. that they have only two games left. Yep. And they have 13 points. Yep. And they play against, so they're going to play against us uh, in the next international break. They'll play against us in Greece first. Then I think you guys travel to Spain to play against them after that. No, we play, we play first Georgia. Oh, you, well, right. You play you, your second game is Spain. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's what I meant. So the, the, you will play them after we have played them. So they, they definitely don't have an easy go of it. We'll say, and, and you know, hopefully anything can happen. Maybe we get a, a decent result against them and then you guys do us a favor and you beat yeah. them too. <laughs> we yeah. can go. You never know. Every, everything can happen. Even that Spain is a big favorite uh, against anyone. Uh, so everything can happen, but uh, it's not impossible, I say. Right. Um, Pera, actually, there's a question here that kind of touches on what we did right before we did the hot takes from Fethanos again. Um, and he wants your your opinion on where the problem lies in Greek football. Uh, in his opinion, uh, and I might butcher this, Alice Venskin, is that correct? Yeah, Alice Venskin. Alice Venskan is inferior to the Greek Super League, but the Swedish national team and their youth are just much better than ours. So what is your what is your opinion on that? Um, I know you have a lot of players playing in very competitive leagues, uh, but Greek, Greece has, we have three players in the Premier League. We have players playing across top flight in the Bundesliga. Um, what uh, what do you think is, is, is part of that reason? Uh, if, if, if we say like this again, who is saying that the Super League in Greece is better than Alsenskan? Well, that was in the question. That's, yeah, but that's... I, I will only say it because I know the quality of the teams and like that. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you look in Greek football, there is no team in Champions League. Right. No, there isn't. Do Sweden have a Champions League team? That's actually Malmö, a good Malmö's in Champions Malmö's League. Malmö's in Champions League. You're right. Yeah. So there you go. That I didn't even consider that. Yeah. So, so, so you, you know, and Malmö beat Olympiakos a couple of years ago. That's correct. Yes, they did. So, I, do I mean, that. Uh, I don't know exactly the quality of the Super League in, in Greece anymore because I, I don't see it so often. So I can't say exactly. But the quality in, in, in Alsenskan is not the best in the world. Definitely right. not. Uh, but it's getting better and better. Why? Because the younger ones get earlier and earlier the chances to play in the first teams. So and they that's are, it. They are progressing all the time. That's why the Swedish young ones always make good results. Because they get the chance to play. That's the most important. If you want to have youth talent, give them the chance. If you have one who is a little bit older and you have one who is young, but they are really nearly similar in level, play with the young ones if you want to progress your football. And you just touched on something that has been the major complaint of every Greek that is a Greek soccer fan because 
our youth don't get played. And the, yeah. the national team coach, look, I may disagree with a lot of the things that he does, but uh, he made the same comment. Look, he said, look at look at the top five teams in Greece. There were two of them that didn't play a single Greek in, in one of the game weeks. Yeah. How can he pick players from the top Greek teams if there's no Greeks playing? So then he yeah. stuck picking players from, you know, going deep players that haven't played may maybe as much or in as high competitions. And you're absolutely right. And uh, I will make sure to let Fetano know that, uh, uh, you know, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be uh, thinking that Greece is a, a better league than Sweden at this point, because we don't have a champions league team. No, I, I, <laughs> I think that the, the, the top teams definitely to play uh, games. I can't say who's going to be the best, but I right. only say that, if you want to progress a little bit the competition, yeah, of course. If you have money, you're going to try to buy the best player in the world. That's definitely. But you have to be honest. In Sweden, if we're going to buy a foreign player, right, we're not going to bet, get the best ones. We're not going to get the second best one. We're not even going to get the third best ones. We're going to get the fourth or fifth best ones player for that position. Because we don't have the money and I don't want to come to Sweden to play. So that means that, okay, instead of paying those guys so much money, let's form a young ones and give him the chance. That's what happens. And then if you're honest now, I don't know the Greek competition, so I will not criticize anyone. But Greek competition, the best ones is not coming to Greek competition how it is right now, to be honest. No, you're right. No, you're right. You don't, you're you don't get the right. second best one either. So then you have to see, can we produce ourselves in our, our academy enough good players, like the players that we bring in from outside, to start in our competition and get our football forward? Yes or no? Because I'm sure that if you bring in Greek players to each team, if it's always Olympiakos on the other teams, the interest in the stadiums is going to be much higher, what I think, if you have players who's coming from youth academic. Like in my time, you have full of Greek players in, in, in my Olympiakos team. And then the national team was much higher. That, that's normal. Yeah. So, uh, that's a decision that the clubs has to make and, and the federation, how, how you want to go further on with it. And yep. if you do it like that and it works out, yeah, the national team is going to get much better. That's for sure. Yeah, you're you're one hundred percent correct. I mean, uh, we we had it's something that we brought up ad nauseum as as Greeks that it's something that it's really poor with the Greek Super League. It's something that Greek football needs to change on a whole. And I can guarantee you one hundred percent the state of the league, the 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 level of the league now is not where it was when you played for Libyakos. When you no, played for Libyakos. No. The Greek league was considered a top league. It was a top. Yeah. It was a top six league back then. Yeah. And now yeah. I would. The last I checked, we were eighteen. That that's where okay. that's where we stand as a league right now. So, okay. uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but that is that's where we are as a league. And you've you've touched on that. You are the a, a person with probably the best experience and the best point to make an opinion on this because you not only played in Greece, but you're also looking at from the outside in as well. So thank you for that because that's very, very incredible insight. 
Uh, now, uh, we are coming uh, towards the end. We don't want to take up, of course, too yeah. much time. Uh, did you have any final thoughts or maybe any projects for the followers to come follow you and see what you're doing? Uh, now's your time. No, for the moment, uh, I'm relaxing. You know, I stopped my work in Anderlecht one year ago. Um, so I went home. So I'm back in Sweden again. Uh, enjoying life. Play paddle. Paddle? Oh, yeah. very cool. I play paddle. So uh, I'm enjoying enjoying it. Uh, and then I am have some uh, gyms and things like that and doing some some small things. Well, very nice. Well, keep pair keep us keep us informed. If you do, if there's any project you get started, anything you want to promote, uh, the Olympiacos community loves you. I've got some comments in here. Uh, pair, we love you. We always remember how good you were. Um, nice. From Ilya Mavridis, one of us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's nice. It's nice to hear because you know it's it's 18 years ago since I left. I it's, think it's, it's a very long time and. Um, I know that many supporters didn't see us playing at that time because many of them are young and like that. But it always warms your heart when when people say that they remember you and they appreciate you and things like that. So it's it's you always feel welcome and that's uh, the best thing that you can have. That's uh, that warms your heart really. Yeah, and I promise you, they they definitely remember you. Are you going to make it out to the game on Tuesday? No, I, because I'm I'm living too far from Stockholm. I'm 500 um, kilometers from Stockholm, so. Oh, that's very far. Uh, I have I have I'm invited on every game on national team, but it's too far to go. So. Uh, it's very tough. It's very far. Well, yeah. Per, thank you again for joining us. Uh, it was an honor. Uh, I I got to speak to you not just once but twice now. Uh, I hope I hope deeply that Greece and Sweden go beyond and we can do this again or even without just you know i hope we do get that beer uh soon i'm going to be making it out to greece next year 100 and we definitely need to catch up that'll be so much fun uh My thank best, you you only let me know so it's no problem of course i definitely will i definitely okay. will uh everyone loved to hear from you so we definitely have to do this again thank you everybody for listening especially if you've made it this far uh if you haven't done so already guys like subscribe uh, for future episodes, future content. We're trying to get uh, everything rolling. This community continues to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. We're connecting Greeks from all over the world, and it's a wonderful thing. So uh, share us with your friends. Bring everybody on board so we can continue to have this conversation. Uh, thank you, guys. This is Gate 7 International. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, he said. Sto mialo kati magiko.